Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. We are finishing up our series on sex, and if you follow, continue to follow Grave Top, we actually talk about sex and um, more specifically relationships a lot throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And um, in today's topic, we're talking about a sexualized generation. And I was really, uh, I really felt this on my heart for a while. Um, back in what the '60s is when they called it the sexual revolution. That's when um, Playboy came out. That's when um, really like the like the mass producing of even just like pornography started being produced and it started this 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 direction of sex just being normal sex being common Mm -hmm. um and we're just animals kind of uh we're just animals it's just natural and i feel like um we perceive that time to be like crazy sex, hippies, you know, that whole style. I really believe that today is the most sexualized generation in our our country's history. And I'll say like this, that our sex life was meant to be a locked door with only one person having the key. And you are able to choose who has that key. That's the way that sex was intended to be. the Bible references the the opposite of that is to have instead of a locked door, it's a swinging door. Anybody can uh, can enter in or leave mm-hmm. your sex life, and there's no uh, they can come and go as they please. But I feel like our generation has taken it a step further. Yeah. I feel like our generation has taken the doors off altogether, and anybody is able to just look in. Uh, into our house they don't even have they can just look in from outside they don't even need to uh, go inside they could just look and see everything from outside and I say that in the sense of even the way everything is sexualized on social media Uh, we hit on this a little bit at the beginning of the month Mm -hmm. Um, but everything has become so sexualized to where um, to where it's just like everywhere you look is some sort of show. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had a, <laughs> this is, sounds really funny. Okay. Um, Lauren probably won't think it's as funny, yeah, I felt it. but we had a, I had a, met a friend from church, uh, years ago, invite me to go to the gym with him. And we went to a specific gym and, uh, I remember afterwards he said, Hey, how'd you like it? I was like, man, I, I felt like I was in a club. I felt like I was supposed to be leaving dollar bills on uh, the squat rack um, because of how everyone is like, it was just all a show. It's just all sexualized. Um, and you might be thinking like Homer, you just have a dirty mind. It's like, dude, like get off your high horse. Everything is about how you look nowadays. Yeah. The number one reason why people work out is not for personal health benefits. It's not because they're trying to lower their cholesterol. Yeah. It's because they want to look darn good for someone else to see them. They want to look good in comparison to somebody else. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's every person's motive, but y'all get y'all feel me right? Yeah. Like that we've become. It really is um, all about that. We've become just bodies to other people. We are all we're and we are dis. Uh, dismantling our humanity by causing our own selves to just be pieces of meat yeah. on, on both sides, guys and girls. Mm-hmm. 
we're just making ourselves pieces of meat. And that's all we're good for. You know, um, when it goes into what, what I'm saying about this idea, if we were to look at sex life as a door, I'd said that it, it was meant to be a door, a locked door that only one person has a key to. To be promiscuous or to, to sleep around is like having a swinging door. In our generation, I compared to having no door at all. Yeah. I want you to just imagine for a minute what it would be like for you to take the door off, your front door off of your house, your apartment. How, how secure would you feel um, not having that door to your home? Would it not feel uh, just uncomfortable? Would it not feel exposing? And that is what you do when you, when you parade yourself around on your social media, is that you're just, you're flaunting yourself um, for a, some type of affirmation and you're, you're exposing yourself to such an extent to where you're letting anybody and everyone see in. It's so much farther than the people that follow you, the people that are friends with you. It, it goes to people that you'll never even know looking at, at your images. And it, it is just, uh, it is not a healthy thing to do spiritually. I mean, if, if I took off my front door, my number one thing that I would think about was security for my home. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even uh, gonna go into the, um, I'm not even gonna go into sex trafficking and how very prominent that actually is because of social media. I'm gonna just talk about spiritually, what do you think you're exposing yourself to um, when when random strangers are are just um, are just completely lusting over your images? What do you think that that's causing spiritually to happen in your life? That that's a window that you open. That's a door that you open as you connect yourself to another human being. And you might be thinking like, well, it's I can't determine what people do. Like, of course not. But the the point I'm trying to make is that uh, Jesus said. He makes a connection to the hearts where it says he says if you even look at a person with lust, that it is just as bad as adultery in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I'm not trying to get on a holier-than-thou ide- ideology. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to get at is that Jesus is, uh, Jesus is making a connection to the eyes and the heart. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that the heart is just as powerful as action. And he's making so much emphasis on the spiritual reality. And so... Fast forwarding to today, that's the that's the number one way people hook up. I mean, on Tinder, what is it you you swipe left or right? It, um, you're you're completely choosing people based off of the way that they look, what kind of uh, sexy image that they have, and it is all just opening these gateways to your soul and 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 connecting you with these complete strangers and. Think about all the spirits and uh, whatever demons that they carry in their life and you just being connected to that. And so that's just like the prequel to today. Um, before we get in, is there anything you want to say or uh, comment on with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's just just honestly, like real talk, like nowadays, like just like you're talking about, our generation just really is that. And, and it, it, it's so prominent right now that it's all about how you look. Like, it, yeah, it's been like that, but especially right now, it is just everywhere you go, everything you see is all about that, you know? And I feel like for men and women, yes, but especially for women nowadays, like it's like you, you feel even like this necessity to look a certain way and even promote yourself in a certain way. 
and, and take these certain angled pictures and put it into like having a nice day during summer. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> like you're, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, if you have a great body, awesome, like and enjoy it and, sh- you know, I mean, you get my point. But what I'm saying is it is so easy nowadays to just want to just show it to anyone, especially on social media. But when we have an understanding that that is a, you know, an intimate part of you, that is that is such a sacred, beautiful um, thing to not just let anyone open to, to not just let anybody see. And I guess my point is, is it's just, it's so prominent. And that's like this generation, this timing, this culture is all about that. You know, and it just really opens a door to um, so many, like, you know, even personal insecurities and issues for each party in that. And so I feel like it's so normalized now that we're just like, oh, no, it's just like it's all about health and fitness. Like, it's all about this and that. (laughs) It is so much more than health and fitness, you know. And if you even think about it, some of the health and fitness uh, new attire and gear has been even nowadays made so much more to to um, bring out certain features even more. Before, back in the day, you just go to the gym in a big regular t-shirt you'd (laughs) sleep in, right? Or like even, you know, sweatpants or something. You don't care, you're just trying to get your gains in. But nowadays, it's like, let's see how little fabric as possible do we wear so that we can show off all of our curves. You know, I like to be comfortable, like leggings all, all the way. But I guess I'm going on a tangent. But my point is, is even if you look at you know, the, the gear that's made for health and fitness nowadays, it is so much more intentionally made to help you, um, you know, show off the, those specific areas, but in a way to show it off, you know? And, and so it just, it's just so normalized, I guess. And it's, and, and it really opens doors to a lot of different traps, which I think, um, we're really about to get into, but our generation is just really all about that right now and it's kind of crazy so yeah we're just we're just super sexual um that's really what it is and i want to be clear that this is not to shame or like say you need to you need to go back to wearing like a jogger suit like no you do you like you get whatever outfit you want um that's not what this is about this is about the 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 motive of the heart and the reason that we're we're focusing like even just like this idea about um like the the workout phenomenon <laughs> with yeah. uh dude it's 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 become just again you're so much more than a piece of meat and you are so much more than what um some random guy thinks about your butt yeah. you, you guy you're you're so much more than what uh, like than the the bicep flex in the mirror yeah, the <laughs> you know um the 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 mirror shot oh, in the wow. gym right after yeah. working out. <laughs> yeah, so you saw yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you're so much more than what your body image is. Yeah. And if we continue to view um, each other as just sexual beings, then we're going to continue to be uh, become just a sexualized generation that uh, leads to a lot of trauma. Yeah. And so, again, no shit. We're not trying to tell you to throw out your workout clothes. No. We're not trying to tell you to do anything like that. We're just trying to emphasize the the reality of how sexual our generation has become. It's all about the gains. It's all about the booty. It's all about this. It's all about that. And um, we we need to take a step back and say, what am I doing this for? Yeah. What? Why am I really doing this? What? Who am I really doing this for? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the 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 start is I want us to look at how our generation was brought up. Um, and how the next generation is being brought up. And that is 
first the the indoctrination as an adolescent when being uh, from being a youth pastor to to being a site director at um, high schools and middle schools I, I've come across this topic and I've asked so many students dozens and dozens and dozens of students of uh, intimate questions in a group of things like when was the first time that they that they saw pornography and the most common answer that was given was when they got their first smartphone mm-hmm. it was the the first time that they had access to uh, pretty much the first time that they had uh, unbridled access to the internet mm-hmm. and uh, in second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 it says run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts instead Pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And so this, this emphasis is run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. That is the essence of what we're saying as this, you know, on our, you know, uh, what some would call our rants at the beginning of this, <laughs> is that we're not trying to say don't do this or don't do that but what we are saying is that we've become so overstimulated in body image and sexuality that has become a generation of of lust has become a generation unbridled in their lusts and here the bible is saying instead pursue righteous living instead pursue faithfulness instead pursue love instead pursue peace and then it says enjoy the companionship of those who call on the lord with pure hearts isn't it suck nowadays that you have more companionship from how many people like your photo, your your image, than you do with actual friends that you can talk to? Yeah. I, is it not uh, bizarre that today you you literally feel more connected on social media through a screen than you actually do with with human interaction mm-hmm. with people, and. This, this indoctrination of, uh, as adolescents, um, I really believe that the lack of parental protection from movies, from even video games, from phones, is what really led us to where we are today. I know every, everyone's childhood is different. For me, there's just no, no protection, no bearings. I remember once when I was like, like five, my mom saying, cover your eyes, and you know, I did one of those. <laughs> um, and... And it's just like the the idea that like, well, they're going to see it eventually. When you see something in your age is a huge difference. Seeing something, uh, seeing a, a, a pornographic image at the age of 20 is completely different than seeing it at the age of five or six. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so important for us to recognize that to speed along the process or to, to neglect the protection of uh, of this duty um, really can uh, impact and, and hurt young people in their in their older years. Mm-hmm. The first time I was shown a, a pornographic image was from a relative when I was I don't know barely um, four or five years old, and I remember when it was shown to me it was deliberate. I remember just feeling so uncomfortable, and this relative thought they were doing me a favor and. Mm-hmm. Little did they know that I felt scarred in that moment from from being so young and, and seeing something that I, I wasn't ready for, or didn't expect. And, and you have to understand that when we do not protect children, 
um, from this kind of stuff that we are really setting them up for, for a very scarred future. Um, and when you think about for yourself about, uh, what it is you're exposing yourself to, um, I believe that the same thing when it comes to the indoctrination as an adolescent, it becomes a normalization in, in our youth. Mm -hmm. Um, and before we get into that, what, what do you have to share on this, this subject? Yeah. I mean, it really, what really speaks to me is just the part about like the importance of a parent or a guardian, um, really understanding that they do have the responsibility and power to, um, you know, really protect their children. That doesn't mean we have to, we're, we're, that's not saying coddle them. Don't let them experience life ever. They're going to experience life, but don't be the ones that just feel like that's going to happen anyways. Or especially our culture, like we're talking about, is, has normalized all of this so much that it could put in our mindset like oh well it's just normal it's whatever you know it's out there um they're gonna see it so what's the big deal but the big deal is just like you're saying like you know with these young children being exposed even to if it's to a movie we don't even know just like homer's experience like you know what that does in a child's mind like it, it it could lead to so much more than we never expected it could lead to addictions to pornography it could lead to you know these these, these um, desires that they didn't expect to have it could lead to things that could be dangerous and if we don't see it that way we're gonna just be like oh, okay well yeah it's just a movie it's fake or it's just this or it's just that no it's not and it makes me yeah. think of a verse and I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes but it's talking about tempting others and then it says it says um how basically what it's explaining maybe you can remember the one that it's in the what, gospels yeah <laughs> well yeah and then it's explaining like in those who tempt even the little ones how horrible that would be that it'd be better to tie like a, a millstone a, to, a millstone to your neck and drown in the ocean pretty intense but what that's saying is for children even tempting them like even you know that experience that you had i mean you know, um, and I'm not saying that for that person, but what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes we think it's funny. Sometimes we yeah. think it's like, oh, well, that's crazy, like, ha ha. But no, that's a huge deal because we don't understand the impact that allowing this, you know, sexualized generation and allowing them to just be open to it and go, un, you know, unbridled and experience it just because it's okay, in your opinion, is very um, dangerous, you know. And so, um, it, and it just, it also makes me think when it comes to marriage, you know, of, um, I know that, um, you know, obviously we know the Bible is all about, um, you know, unity and purity within a marriage, which is what we've been talking about recently. And even just when it comes to, you know, your sex life, you know, there's purity involved still within that. And nowadays I feel like it's so common to hear that uh, pornography is just a very, very normal thing within marriage whether it's one or the other spouse is doing it and the other spouse is like, oh, it's normal. It's not a big deal. It doesn't bother me. Or, you know, we do to get in again, we're, I'm, we're not passing any judgment, but what we are saying is, is we have to take a step back sometimes and realize, wait a second, though it seems normal in society, is this healthy and life giving yeah. to my marriage? Actually, even though it's appeared to be normal, I think it's actually not healthy, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you might say you don't care, but it's something that does do something inside of your heart yeah. and spirit. And that's a form of adultery. That's a form of um, impurity. And so, you know, that's just another side of it. But I feel like, again, 
our generation has definitely normalized it and how we have to not only protect our children, but even our marriage, you know, talk about it with your spouse and, and really, you know, take a step back and see what's life giving to that. So yeah, that's what I think. You know, it's really powerful. It makes me think about not too long ago in San Antonio, um, there is a, this man and woman that were arrested and completely publicly shamed for, um, uh, making a three-year-old smoke weed and, um, it, which they, they should feel horrible about that. Um, and the, the lady made like a public apology saying she didn't know what she was doing. She was high herself. And the truth is, um, this is, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or, or again, like shame anyone, but you know, if they were not caught, then, then I believe that stuff like that would have continued. Yeah. And, and the truth is, is that even though there's so many people that shamed her, that they do the same thing in what they allow children to, to engage in. Yeah. They, they're only enablers in what they allow other children to engage in. And I want to go into the next part, which is the normalization as a youth. And we as, you know, if you're under 50, we'll cl- say that you're youth, okay? <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> um, And the, the normalization process is pretty much saying everyone is, so it's fine if I do too. Everyone is doing it, so it's fine if I do too. And what this is called is ethical relativism. And it's pretty much basing your morality, your morality on what the majority of others do. And so if you were to take this in logical terms, if everyone is, uh, if everyone is sleeping with children, then it's fine for you too also. If the majority is doing something, then it's okay for you to do too. And some of y'all are taking back like, well, not like that. Well, that that's logically where you will go if you continue to allow that to be your philosophy. Mm-hmm. And this normalization is so deadly and dangerous because it takes so many people to places that they didn't uh, that they didn't want to go originally. I remember the first time that I drank, I thought you know that it was just the the thing that pushed me over was the normalization of it that. Um, how everyone's doing it, it's fine. And I didn't realize that the normalization would also be the same thing for drugs. That it was also the same thing for, for stealing. It was also the same thing for, um, for premarital sex. That it, it just kept leading me down into a darker and darker place in my life mm-hmm. to where um, so much of this normal stuff everyone's doing it was in such excess in my life to where I felt like I was dying inside, even though it was normal for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that this lie that it's okay for you to do if everyone else is doing it, it just will always end up making you drink your own, like poison willingly. I want to share this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse one through two. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. I want to just emphasize this real quick. The kind that he will find acceptable. God has so much grace for us. And this is not saying that there's a there's a type of life that we can earn God's salvation. What he's saying is a life that's acceptable, meaning like a, a heart that is just truly trying to do its best and forget the rest. Um, it goes on to say, this is truly the way to worship him. It's saying a lifestyle is the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God 
transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to, to, to emphasize again here that it's saying don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Saying just because everyone is doing it, don't do it. God has called you to a deeper place than that. Mm -hmm. And it says that as you start to find God's will for your life, it says if you allow God to change the way that you think, that you'll end up finding his will for you. What he's saying is that if you live a repentant lifestyle, if you, if you, are, if you start deciding that I don't want to live this way anymore, I want to start walking this way now, mm -hmm. that God will start to reveal his plan for you. How many of you guys have been wondering, what is God's plan and purpose for me? And this verse is saying it right here. You'll find it out if you just start living, uh, living after God, trying to find Him in your life, and stop chasing and giving excuses for yourself to just do what everybody else is doing. And I really think that the normalization process is what that is. It's just giving, it's justifying yourself, even though you feel like it's wrong, even though you, you, you know that it's wrong, well, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Um, and again, we're talking about Christians, okay? So it, we're not trying to, to put the foot down on, on non-believers. Do whatever you want, dude. It's, it's not any of our business. And even as Christians, it's not our business what you do. But we're talking about how can, why is it that there's so many Christians that, that feel like they're not growing in their faith? They feel like they're in the same spot that they've always been. In fact, they feel farther away from God than they did when they first tried to come to God. And it's because you're not taking this part serious. You're just normalizing and saying, well, everyone struggles with sex. Everyone has sex all the time, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. If you continue to make excuses for yourself to not live a holy life, to not pursue purity, then you're going to be in the same spot of it as everybody else. And that's in a place where they're far from God. They're not going, they're not anywhere close to him. And they just, you know, talk about it every now and then. It's just a place where, again, in Revelation, it says you're either hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. He's not satisfied with an ordinary Christianity. He wants a, a passionate pursuit. And that involves your sex life. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. And the more that people try to go around this, the more you might as well just go back to your old life. I mean, to, to just sit on the fence by saying, I'm pursuing God, but I'm not willing to give him my sex life. Mm -hmm. you, you are hold, you, you're holding yourself back from just the, the power of God. To, to be a Christian without experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit is not fun at all. Yeah. It's like... It, that's why so many people look at all these rules and all these regulations. When, when, when you truly give every part of yourself, even your sex life, even your addictions to God and say, I trust you to work this out, it is so enjoyable to be a Christian. Christian. It is so full of peace. It's so full of God's power. And I'm just so tired of, of this pathetic Christianity in, in our nation to where you only want to give God one step here and there, but you, you reserve the very best parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Your sex life is the very best part of yourself. Why would you hold that back from your creator who gave it to you? Mm. And, and I'll, I'll just finish up this point on this. Being desensitized to something wrong doesn't ever make it right. Being desensitized to something wrong doesn't ever make that wrong thing right. 
and you have logically you have to take responsibility for your own actions and uh the as far as all of the all of the things that come with sex the the bible says that no other sin so clearly affects the body than sexual sin it doesn't say that no other sin is as horrible as sexual sin it's a, the bible consistently says that the same god who said that lying is wrong said that murder is wrong and so to to lie is just as bad as murder and so the in the verse where he's saying that no other sin so clearly affects the body he's not demonizing sexuality more than anything else he's saying no other sin clearly gives you stds no other sin uh, clearly gives you uh, raises your blood pressure no other sin uh, clearly uh, makes you sweat when you're horny like no other sin affects your body like the way that sexual sin does and so going into that dude that just because you normalize it you in the same way that you're only storing up the the possibility of all types of stds all types of uh, filth. I always hated seeing when we go to the doctor's office and it has that little chart that says this is your possibility of having an SV. If you slept with one person, it's this percentage. It's like if you slept with ten people, you might as well slept with the world because <laughs> you've you've interacted with uh, too many connections. It's like, well, I must have like be a okay. petri dish, yes. you know. <laughs> uh, but it it's not about. We're, again, we're, it's not this shame that comes with it. It's like, how, how much longer are you going to continue to play Russian roulette? Yeah. You know, like, you, well, I've been fine all this time. Well, if you keep playing the lotto, you might just win one day. Yeah. And, and why would you continue to risk um, your own health for a moment of pleasure with somebody that you don't even care about? Honestly. Um, like, at the end of the day, and I, this is going to sound really vulgar for some of you guys. At the end of the oh, day, gosh. if you can't control yourself, <laughs> you got two hands, dog. Like you need to like chill out if you really can't control yourself with other people and you need to take a step back. Yeah. Okay? Cuz it it is so clear that our generation cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. And the the idea that you can just continue damaging your soul, your body and not seeing any repercussions is a foolish young person mentality. I remember when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. I did the stupidest stuff ever. I, I because of the, my actions as a youth, as a as a young teenager, I have so much pain in my body now. There's days where my knee hurts so bad because of the stupid stuff I would do that I'm literally complaining and just like just like sounds like I'm milking it all day just like oh, oh my bitch. knee, my knee, the Tylenol doesn't help, aspirin doesn't help. I I need the big stuff, I need the good stuff. And it hurts so bad because of because of the things I did when I was a kid and it's in the same way I'm paying the regrets from my youth dude you're going to be paying for some some major pain in the future if you don't chill out if you don't get a control on this and I'm not just talking about physically I'm talking about spiritually you're going to have some spiritual implications there so many people that we have counseled that we have talked to and 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 prayed for when it comes to healing of the soul have trauma from their sexual experiences of the past and if you keep just trying to desensitize yourself and numb yourself from what you're really doing don't think for a moment that you're going to be able to escape it you're going to have to face the music one day and so stop putting off what you can do today 
it for tomorrow because tomorrow is gonna is always gonna be one last time yeah. and you're not gonna be able to stop yourself if you don't just decide now yeah. so I'm done on that what, what do you that have was, to say that was hardcore babe <laughs> I'm just no, I mean, Go you're on. passionate Go about on. it, and it's true. And and I think, you know, everyone here, we just want you to know our hearts. Like, we've been in, before we gave our life to Christ, we've experienced the negative parts of of uh, what the sexualized generation has brought in our life. And so we're not, you know, just preaching, just like, okay, be holy like we're holy. No, but after we gave our life to Christ and realized all of these things, the truth and like what God has really revealed to us and brought us through a lot of deep healing. Like it was a process and it was difficult. You know, that's why we want to share this with you because we understand the truth and we understand um, just the power of God. And, you know, with with those different things being said um, that you shared, you know, on a funny note, it makes me think like the first point that you said here was everyone's doing it. So it's fine to do it, too. You know, it reminds me of the times I was a teenager. My mom would get after me. Mom, hey, shout out. And she'd be like, Lauren, you know, you're not supposed to do this. I'm like, Mom, my friends are doing it. It's not a big deal. And she'd be like, well, you're not your friends, you know. I mean, in a very loving tone, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But, you know, you are not your friends. And so I remember, I literally to this day remember times I would say that and she would say that. And it's an obvious response. But as a Christian, you know, she liked that, you know, um, but as a Christian, so many times when it comes to sex specifically, we pretty much know what the Bible says about it. Like if you try to, well, I don't know what the Bible says about sex. You do. It's a, it's a, it's an obvious thing at, you know, like we know the black and white at least. Right. And we know that God in, um, shares with us that it's for marriage. We've heard that concept before, but so many times, like all my other Christian friends are dabbling in sex. It's difficult. We have talks about it, and and you know they're, they you know I've even heard different um, Christians give advice to some people I really care about. Like you know what, like they're like a hardcore Christian. I had like respect for them, but they ended up giving them advice. Why don't you just have sex before marriage? See how I mean, if you can't control yourself, just it's not a big deal. And I was like, whoa, like that's not. Um, that's not true. Yeah, please and, don't talk to our youth again. Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Um, and, you know, so even though other Christians are doing it, I'm sure most Christians are, actually, that doesn't mean you have to. That doesn't mean for you, you're not your other friends. You're not your other Christian friends. And, you know, and you have the power to, to live a holy and pure life. Are you going to be perfect? We've already shared those those things with you. We've already shared our heart and God's heart with his grace and mercy. But it makes me think of that verse, too, that you were sharing um, about not following the customs of this world. And one word that really sat, stuck out to me, whereas it says, it says um, for your, your body to be a living sacrifice for God. That word sacrifice is the essence of it. We're not telling you it's going to be easy. We're not telling you to, to really stand for purity is going to be easy. It's a sacrifice because it's all around you and there's opportunities presenting itself everywhere. You don't even have to look for it now anymore. There is opportunities knocking at your door to give in to those lustful pleasures and things that anyone desires, right? But at the end of the day, it's a sacrifice to say, God, I give you this desire. Like I, I, I want it the way that you have it for me. I want to to enjoy uh, sex in the way that you have created it to be. So I sacrifice, you know, my, these desires. I sacrifice these sinful opportunities that present itself to me and I give it to you. And it's difficult. It's giving up something that, 
that you literally feel, you know, you're having to release to God. And so, like we said, it's not easy, you know, but it's a sacrifice, but it's so worth it. And, you know, today, like, I feel like you really got to touch on why we're not just saying, oh, okay, you have to live pure to make God happy. No, but on the other side of the coin, there's a reason that God um, encourages us to, to live pure. Because, yes, it, it affects your body, whether it's STDs, you keep sleeping around. What are the chances? Like, at the end of the day, you know, we are nobody's exempt from experiencing some kind of negative health issue from that. But how much more? Really think about it. If you're saying today, like, okay, but it's just hard for me. Like, I, I enjoy having sex. Like, it's pleasurable. Of course. But what feelings do you get after you do that? Like, honestly, be honest with yourself. Do you feel proud? Do you feel um, satisfied? Do you feel... As a Christian. (laughs) Yes, as a Christian. Um, Do you feel, you know, like, okay, great. Or do you ever experience times of shame, of, you know, regret, of, you know, you got your heart invested and then you don't hear back from that person. You know, you were hoping for a future and then you, you know... What I'm saying is, is I feel like a lot of times when we're, you know, sleeping around or struggling in that area that afterwards, you know, we're talking about all the good parts of it. But at the end of the day, most of the time what follows is the shame and guilt and these these negative feelings that nobody likes to feel, you know, and and that's not saying God just there pouring out guilt over your head. But that's just what the enemy's plan is, is to bring you in and then throw shame over you and guilt over you. And it becomes this vicious cycle because you want more of God. You want to live a life that honors him. But yet we keep doing what we try not to do. And then we just feel bad. And it's a little by little creates this bigger and bigger wedge between us and God. Not that God put there, but that we put there. And, you know, and so it's such a struggle between our flesh and our spirit. But I guess... You know, really what I wanted to share is, you know, you're not your other friends and it is a sacrifice and it's not just to make God proud of you and happy, but it's to protect yourself (laughs) because dabbling into, you know, this whole concept of sex outside of the boundaries God created will end up leaving you with some negative repercussions, whether you uh, realize it not or uh, later it will come and nobody wants that and that's why God is trying to speak and protect his children from the things that the enemy has brought in through that so yeah that's what I think that's so powerful Lauren as you're sharing it makes me think about the how often there's so many people that after they're they've done the deed and the first thought they had have is well that wasn't worth it And exactly. it's like all of a sudden, all of the adrenaline goes away, mm-hmm. all of your sensories and your yeah. mind goes away, and you're just like your normal self again. Like and you're just like, why did I do that again? <laughs> you know, that just that was a mistake. Yeah. And what what we're getting at is, look, we you need to get get out of we. If you didn't listen to last week, you need to listen to last week because you need to get out of all of your feels and stop uh, stop just getting all bent out of shape thinking like oh i'm a horrible christian blah 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 like i'm uh, god doesn't want to have anything to do with me dude like shut up and listen to last (laughs) week's message god loves you he died on the cross for you as you are Mm -hmm. he knows every all of our mistakes even if we were to be uh you know sexually pure it doesn't mean that we're sinless we we need jesus like it's going out of style we need jesus so much and so just having sexual purity doesn't all of a sudden make us this super righteous right. um 
what we're getting at is that you need to get all of those, you know, insecure thoughts about you and God. The only thing that is feeding those insecurities is you still uh, being not giving up your sex, sex life for him. Yeah. And, and when I say not giving up to your sex life for him, I'm saying not living a repentant lifestyle in sex and trusting God for the sex you're going to have in the future. Mm. Like, it, dude, if, if you just can't have stop having sex with each other, just get married, dude, and like just settle it. <laughs> um, and like, and just make it work. Commit and just make it work. Go back to the first series, the, the first week that we had it. And the reason I, we're wrapping this up is um, we talked about the, the normalization of it and how everyone's just doing it. The entrapment that we get in as an adult is this idea that it is impossible to stop. It's impossible not to. Let me just tell you right now that there's that sex has actually been around forever. <laughs> like sex has always been. And you might be thinking, well, today it's different. Nah, dog. It's always been accessible. The only difference is that it seemed like in the Bible there's a lot more prostitutes readily <laughs> available. Like it, they're everywhere in the Bible. And so this idea that like, well, it's impossible not to. Dude, that all of the people, David struggled with sex. All the, so many different people in the Bible struggled with sex. Mm -hmm. If it was, if it was such a, a, a difference then and now, then we wouldn't see people struggling with it. Yeah. The truth is, sex has always been sex. It's, it's no different today. The only thing that's different today is how we've, we're just trying to make it more and more normalized. Yeah. Okay, uh, this this idea that um, the this idea that it's impossible not to is actually just a complete deflection of responsibility to try, yeah. and it, this deflection only traps you from ever growing as a Christian. And I want to I want to just this is a really tough pill to swallow to continue to deflect sexual purity as a Christian will only uh, cause you to never grow in Christ because God when, when, if you've ever been water baptized or maybe you've been thinking about it when you get baptized you're supposed to be completely submerged in the water baptismal mean, means uh, submerged in the Greek and so it means completely submerged in the water and what it's supposed to symbolize is all of your being is being in subject to the, to the death of Christ mm -hmm. and his sacrifice and in repentance all of that and to, 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 to try to hold up one hand above the water over baptism is an unacceptable offering to God. He will not allow you to, to, to offer all of yourself except this. It's 100% or not. And so this idea that you can continue to pursue God without ever addressing this in your life is just a fallacy. It's not real. It's not true. You, you have to really address this with you and God. And don't get me wrong, it, it, a journey with God, it starts one day at a time. Yeah. It, all right? it took months and months for me to realize all the different things in, in my life, even years, things in my life that, that I wanted to offer to God that I didn't want to do anymore, things that I wanted to change. So I'm not saying to, to change overnight, but what I am saying is that if you're listening to this, this is God telling you, I want this from you in your life. You've been holding back 
and I want you to trust me with this. Mm -hmm. Trust me with your pleasure like you do with your peace. Mm -hmm. Trust me with this like you do with your eternity. Mm -hmm. If you can trust me for forever, how can you not trust me with the temporary, this world? And so, honestly, stop deflecting. Stop avoiding this. Uh, I know that this, this specific issue may be harder than others, but that only makes it more of an honor to God when it's pursued. Sexual purity is more difficult for a lot of us than other things. It's like, stop, stop doing drugs. Nope. I can stop doing Coke today. No problem. But stop sex. I'm like, well, I'll have to pray about that. (laughs) Like I get that it's more difficult than other things, but how much more honor are you giving to God when you, when you lay it before him and say, I trust you with this. Mm It, it, and I want to affirm that with this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 21. And it says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Wow. This verse is literally saying that you, you make yourself a, a special utensil, a special possession, a special thing when you offer up even your purity to God. Mm-hmm. And so especially so many Christians are like, I just don't know what God's plan for me is. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you'll find it out if you if you just stop holding back. Just mm-hmm. and again, th- this is not to shame anyone, dude. Mm-hmm. Everyone deals with this. Everyone struggles with yes. this. We were we were not virgins when we got married, okay. but but we also we also didn't have premarital sex. Yeah. And so this idea is like it's impossible. Given we we only dated for six months before yeah. we got married, we made it. <laughs> we made barely made it. it. Yeah. <laughs> But we're the, determined. We very determined, very. but barely made it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, if you were to say that it's impossible not to, stop making that excuse. And if the person you're with is telling you that, it's impossible for us not to. Maybe you need to find a different person. Yeah. Because this is an important aspect of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And and if you're if you're not willing to give it to God, then you need to you need to really reexamine your faith. Because this is, again, it's a difficult thing to, to, to go over and look at. But at the end of the day, what are you not willing to, to offer to God? Wow. Hold up. Okay. At the end of the day, um, what are you holding back from God? And, and we're going to wrap up there. But before we officially close out, is there anything that you want to share, Lauren? Um. I mean, it's just powerful. Um, I just, you know, I really like that last verse that you shared and um, about just God, when you really sacrifice that, your, you know, your purity in a sense, and you really hand that over to God and trust him with that, like, it's just so powerful and like how special he wants you to know that, that he desires to reward you when, when you decide to honor him, even when it's difficult to do the very thing that for you, for us may seem one of the only impossible things, but when you decide to try, like earlier you said, like, did you just, have you even tried? 
You know, sometimes we're like, I want to do this. I love God. I'm, try- uh, I'm trying, but you haven't tried, you know, and, and you, um, you disqualify yourself before you even attempt to say, okay, I'm going to commit and I'm going to really try to yeah. remain pure. I'm going to really try to be practical. And what do I need to do for my life that will help me and protect me to not fall into the sin that I continue to fall into or want to? You know, sometimes we stay in the same area, the same environment, the same opportunities, and we're like, okay, I'm going to be pure. It's like just hanging out, you know, maybe you're, you're trying not to drink, but you're just still in the bar. And you're just sitting there and you're in the same environment with the same friends and you're trying not to drink. Eventually, honestly, you know, we usually end up giving into something like that. So the same with sex. You know, if you're really trying to commit, you've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect yourself from maybe those relationships you've had, you know, that kind of interaction already. Um, or dating those kind of people or, you know, maybe just like last message, you need time to let the dust settle. Maybe you need to take time just to focus on you and God. So what all I'm saying is think about for your life what you need to adjust in order to make it actually happen. Because if you continue in the same exact um, steps right now, but yet continue to pursue purity, it's going to be that much more difficult. So let's be spiritual, but let's also be practical here. Be practical. Don't disqualify yourself already and try. And the Bible says too, the golly may trip seven times, but each time Mm. they get back up. Are we telling you that once you commit, you should never mess up again? No, I I don't know if you can just commit and then you're you're good to go and you did it. But sometimes there may be an opportunity and you may trip up. Straight talk, you really might. But instead of just saying, oh, I tripped up, I'm just going to keep, you know. I'm it's just, impossible. It's impossible. I can't do it. So I'm just going to keep having sex with so-and-so or doing this or doing that, whatever the sexual issue is, right? No, dude, just brush yourself off and get back up. And lots of people just stay when they fall. They stay down and they just go right back to where they're at. Just get back up if you trip up again and continue moving forward because it is possible. It's not impossible. If we could somehow, you know, barely make it, but make it, close one. then you can. Trust me, then you can. And I'm so grateful that we did because it just, it's just God's grace and mercy. Like he helped us for sure. Anyways, that's a whole nother tangent. But my point yeah, is, really is really close. So yeah. don't get us wrong. Yes. And so if you know, you can do it is all I'm saying. Be practical um, as well as spiritual and stop disqualifying yourself and just try. And, and even on that note, we talked about last week, you know, if you need people to talk to or even like some help with accountability, find someone because that also is a great thing that helps. And so that's what I have to say. Yeah, let, just what she said right there, finding accountability. You know, so many times you try and fail. Yeah. Guys, how many times have you take, tried to take a selfie and you took multiple photos because the first one didn't come out? You, guys, you try harder on getting the image to look right mm. than you do on trying, to, trying again to be pure. Yeah. All right? It just you, If it's something that a lot of us, it's been years and years that we have been dealing with this and just being so normalized and desensitized to, to sex and sexual behavior, it's going to probably take some time to, to really get it on lockdown in our lives. Yeah. It took me years and years to really get my, my, sexual, uh, my, sex, my sexuality, my sex life to be uh, completely like legit to where I can feel confident today. Mm-hmm. There, there's certain things that will take you a minute to, to establish. And so don't, but, uh, what I'm getting at is that 
every time that I would fail at something, I would need to get back up and try again. Yeah. And, and, and some, so often you, you get back and try again and you, you try the very same way that you tried before. All right, you, some, sometimes if it's been a minute of you doing the same thing and it's still not working, you might need to switch it up. And the best way is to get some accountability in your life. Yeah. Someone that you can trust and talk to and open up with that's not gonna judge you. Mm-hmm. And because we're not saying in this talk that you need to just be completely pure if you wanna be saved. No, we're talking about you need to make a decision to, to, to start this journey of purity. Yeah. All right. That doesn't mean that we're just perfect from day one. It just means we're saying make a decision to decide for purity in your life and start walking that journey. Everyone's journey is going to look completely different, but stop putting it off and take this serious because it, it is ruining your Christian faith. It's ruining your future life. And you need to, you need to start taking this serious. Stop putting it off. And with that being said, I know that we're talking to people today and I want you to, to just take a moment to pray and I want you to just ask God, what am I holding back from you? God, when it comes to sex, why is it so hard for me to bring this up to you? Why is it so difficult for me to trust you with this part of my life? How can I start today to buy... Uh, today to make a decision to start doing something different, God, to, to start this journey of purity in you. I want you, if that's you, I want you to just really have a moment where you pray to God and, and have this decision point to where you're telling God where you're going to go from here. Tell God where you're going to go from here. And if you're listening to this and you're a Christian and you're still saying, I'm not going to do that. I really challenge you to pray to God and tell him why. Tell God why you are not going to do that. Tell God why you cannot trust him. And I just really, I believe that there's no way you can tell God why you can't give up something without being reminded of the cross and what he was willing to give up for you. But again, I, I challenge you to make that prayer. And if you're listening to this and you're, you're at the point where you're like, man, I had, I had no idea that I didn't even have faith today until after this message. And I need to start with step one, and that's, that's trusting Jesus with my life, trusting Jesus with my eternity. I'm, it's so much uh, purity and all that, that like, seems like way many steps ahead. I realized today that I need to just trust Jesus with my soul. Mm-hmm. Guys, it is so simple to just start right there. If that's you, the Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart, And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the son of God that died on the cross for the sins of the world, for for my sins, for your sins, and that he rose from the dead three days later, that surely you shall be saved. Mm -hmm. And that when you do that, the word repent means to turn from. And that's really what starting a Christian walk is. It is turning away from my old life and the normalization of the world and walking a new spiritual life closer to God. So if that's you, I want you to just pray with us. Say, Jesus, I trust you right now. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to trust you with my soul. Be my savior. I do this for you, Jesus, because I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. You are the son of God. 
And so now be the Lord of my life, the Savior to my soul, and guide me by your Holy Spirit. Make me sensitive to your calling. Make me sensitive to, to your voice and help me to start this journey right with you. Forgive me of all my sins and help me to live a repented lifestyle today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed any of those prayers with us today, we'd love to just walk with you, to connect with you. Just like we said earlier, the most powerful tool as a Christian is accountability, is transparency. What that really means is it translates to community. Mm -hmm. And you should not have to do this alone. I, I feel like it's not, it is, is, it is just difficult to do alone. Yeah. You should be able to be open and honest and just yourself with other people that are trying to pursue the same thing in their life, which is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if that's you, we would, we would so love to connect with you. Please send us a message. Let us know that maybe you don't know where to go from here, and we will walk with you through that. Um, and all that being said, uh, we are starting next week, we're starting our new series, I Am Afraid. I Am Afraid. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things when it comes mm -hmm. to fear. And you don't want to miss it at all. We also want to let y'all know that in October, we are going to be looking at starting to meet again in person. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we'll be giving y'all the details and letting y'all know. But just start bracing yourself to, to see another human being at church. Uh, and we're really excited about. And finally, if you have it on your hearts to give today, those of you who give, who donate, who tithe, um, your generosity is what... It empowers Gravetop Church to connect with others. It's what empowers Gravetop Church to even have these real talk messages. Yeah. How often have you been to try gone to church looking for God, trying to find a message where of God's direction for your life, and it just seemed like the same old churchy talk that didn't do anything for your faith, and you just leave with more questions of wondering, well, God, are you speaking to me? And then all of a sudden you, you hear a message from Gravetop. It's like, man, this is what I needed to hear today. It's like God is speaking right to me. It, you, th those of you who give are, is what empowers us to be able to make these kinds of messages, to get past all the beating around the bush and talk directly. And so you can give today if uh, you feel it compelled on your hearts to, to do that by going to Gravetop.com, click the Give tab, and it tells you all the different ways to give there. You, uh, you can text to give, you can give online, you can even use third-party apps like Venmo, Cash App, but it's because of uh, people like you and your generosity that, that helps Gravetop to connect with others. With that being said, we love you guys. Have a great rest of your evening. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.